There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plushcare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Made by Mamas, the podcast. I'm Zoe. And I'm Georgia. And we're here talking all things parenthood. You know, the real conversations. Tips and tricks. Products we love. And brands we can't live without. Let's get into it. So welcome to Friday's Q&A podcast. We are absolutely thrilled that you are listening again this week. And I think this one, well, I know this one is going to be absolutely wonderful because never have we needed a parenting SOS Q&A podcast (laughs) more. Basically, we're all in the shit together. Um, uh, We're welcoming back to the podcast, Chris and Rose from Expect the Best. Hi, thank you so much for, you know, I was about to think... Yeah, I was about to sing ABBA then. When you're in, no, but I don't know the words. I'm SOS <laughs> to you. But um, we're so pleased to be here. So uh, yeah, I, I think we jump straight in. Fire those questions at us. Absolutely. I think we've never needed this more, have we, Zoe? Both of us are phoning each other constantly. Like, well, I thought September was supposed to be the time when we got our, you know, our time back for ourselves and everything was supposed to fall into place. But actually, it's turned into a bit of a shit show. So here we are. <laughs> yeah, it's been it's been a tricky time, I think, for both of us because stuff has come up um, around Gigi. Stuff has come up for Kit again with changing preschools and a regression in the potty training. Gigi went potty trainer at all. Kit's now just eating sausages and Weetabix. And that's basically it. So, I mean, there's definitely stuff going on in our worlds makes us think, I thought we had this covered, but now we don't at all. So, thank you for coming back and shedding all the light on it. Um, (laughs) Let's get straight in. George, you want to take the first question? Yeah, I'll kick us off. (laughs) This has just made me laugh, but I really shouldn't laugh because it's not funny. Because when it happens, you actually really worry. It just says 17-month-old banging on sofa. Game, frustration. When I don't know, Zoe, about you, but Gigi does it. When she's so frustrated, she just bangs her head against something like... Ah, and you worry for them because you think are you going to hurt yourself. But what is actually going on? I mean, that I we all know that thing. You know, when a child throws themselves back, it's the same when they do that thing where they make themselves a dead weight. Also, quite fun to do as an adult to your husband. Just FYI, <laughs> <laughs> when you make your body go really heavy, um, it's a frustration thing, especially at this age, at seventeen months. You know, we're kind of eking into that period where we're going to be getting into the testing twos, which we've done an episode um, with you before on, and you. It's just that point where their emotions they're trying to get a hold of just kind of build up and the only way for them to come out sometimes is them kind of just throwing themselves out it's showing you that they're feeling frustrated and annoyed because Mm -hmm. they don't know how to communicate that 
yet. So it comes, everything comes out in quite a, a big action. And sometimes it feels like a bit of an overreaction when they throw themselves back like that. I mean, the only thing to do with that sort of thing is make sure that they're in a safe space. And sometimes you need to just let a child kind of thrash it out a bit. I was yeah. going to say that just because for some children, it is actually way more common than I think anyone thinks. And a lot of children do it, um, you know, at at nap time or at bedtime as a way mm. to um, like self-soothe and calm down. And it's, I think, you know, that the only precautions that we can take are uh, that it's putting, giving them as much of a soft surface as we possibly yeah. can. I think right. the things to remember with it are that actually, if it's, if it's like a self-soothing thing, um, then actually sometimes it's, it you know, it is actually okay to just let them provided you know you're not really worried um just as Chris said so yeah I think sometimes you know not drawing too much attention to it not going what's happening are you okay are you okay are you okay just actually just letting them have that little moment and then uh trying to distract them out of it if it particularly if it's you know becoming that you're really worried about them Mm. um I would say distraction is your uh your best tool here Distraction is so key, actually, Rose. And we do this thing called talking to the room, don't we, Rose? Where we're like, oh, I don't know why I'm saying this. Look at my feather boa over there. I don't have feather boas (laughs) laying around a lot, guys, just so you know. Yeah, you do. You're fooling no one. I do. But do you know what I mean? Talking to the room and making something else even like being quite mundane and small interesting. So like, like, for example, that Gigi's like, oh, well, what mummy's doing is a bit more interesting. So I'm just going to wander over and do that. Yeah. And kind okay, of ignoring that tip. behavior yeah. when, especially when they're not doing it, they're not doing it to be, be naughty or anything or be badly behaved. But they're, just, they're just feeling a bit frustrated. So just distracting them out of it. Love that. Okay. Right. Here's one for you, Chris. How to get rid of the dummy of my little one. She has it at night, but still loses it. She's two and a half years old. Oh, the dummy comes up quite a lot. Um, we've just literally dealt with um, some things like this. Um, I would say, you know, you can do it one or two ways. Uh, dummy fairy is a great one. So kind of talking about the fact that the dummy fairy is going to come and replace it with something. So collecting up all the dun- dummies, leaving them outside their bedroom. And in the morning, there might be like a book or like a small present there for them or a note to say that they've gone off to help another child if you've got another child or baby in the family you could post them probably not very covid friendly but you know post them (laughs) in to a new baby is quite a nice thing and then they receive a note back and like a nice book or something from someone the best way to go with the dummy if you definitely want to get rid of it and you have to think about why you're getting rid of the dummy is it for them and it's time or are you doing it for yourself and also you need to make sure that you're ready and confident to be going with it. So if it is in the night that you're doing a consistent approach to how you react to them waking up, but just going completely cold turkey with it, don't leave one or two around. If you're going to go with it, you've got to believe that it's going to work and just go with it. But you can use it yeah. like a bit of storytelling to make it Are a bit more interesting and fun. I am listening to this because this is totally what I need to do with Gigi like I really uh, you know it's like is it a problem I don't know if it's a problem it's fine she only has it at night but 
she just loves them so much. Like she's like, on the way fine. home from nursery, like, it. where's my dummy? Where's my dummy? Can I see my dummy when I get home? And she comes up to her bedroom just to look at it. It's really odd. And I do, I, I, do you know what? I'm just going to book like in my head, just book a couple of days out where I'm not going to make any plans and I'm just going to suffer it and go with it. <laughs> yeah, but you know, you know that Luna had that with Alfie and then the only thing that stopped Luna sucking Alfie was that his bloody ear fell off. And then it was like, oh, well, you can't suck it anymore. Now he's got one ear. And she comes in every morning. She goes, Alfie's a bit deaf. You'll have to speak up because he's only got one ear. <laughs> one ear. I think as well, though, don't put too much pressure on yourself as well. Like, it, she might be obsessed with it, but think about how much comfort she's probably got from that. Yeah, and that's true. I just why worry. She has that attachment. If she only has it at night, I would say restricting first is the best bet. So make mm. sure it's only night times, doesn't come out of the bedroom. In fact, that's okay. Honestly, I know this sounds like a really annoying thing to say. You won't see a twenty-one-year-old with a dummy. Well, you might yeah. do, but yeah, I mean, that, you yeah, won't. You like she's not going to have it at university. Do you know what I mean? So yes. don't worry too much about it. Is Believe there anything that it's else that work. she's attached to? Um, she has got two comforters that she's attached to. You know what I worry about? Like literally, that she won't. Like I'll get rid of it successfully, but then she'll see one in a shop and then shoplift and steal it and put it in a pocket or something. <laughs> okay, these, you were worrying about things that will not happen. <laughs> in my head, I Gigi honestly Gigi the think, kleptomaniac. Yeah, I, I, I have to keep her away from all of them forever. Anyway, yeah, needs to be done at some point. Right, next one, George. Um, tips for keeping toddler happy after arrival of newborn sibling. If baby hasn't arrived yet, then uh, preparation is um, great for this. Um, I think that sometimes we're tempted to make a big, big deal out of um, a new sibling arriving. Um, Lots of pressure can be put on um, them to be excited about it. And some children just aren't. And um, that's okay. And sometimes it takes for baby to arrive for them to really understand. I think first things I would say is that when um, you bring baby home, or if you have had a baby at home, sometimes it can be nice um, to give a little present from the baby to your um, child that's already there um, as a way to welcome um, them into the family, talking to them about what their role is within the family, um, maybe staying away from um you know, talking about how they're a big brother or a big sister now and they've got lots of responsibility, just kind of respecting that they're still um, very, very much attached and they're very much um, dependent on you. Um, and so we want to be careful about giving too much responsibility to them yeah. um, through kind of the pressure of expectations. Mm. I think we've all it, it can be tempting because we we think it's exciting um, and it is exciting, but sometimes they're not able to understand that concept yet. So I would say um, having a little uh, basket filled with some, you know, exciting things that you can get out uh, for when you're wanting to feed um, so that they've got something to look at or something to do um, can be a really nice idea as well. So you're kind of a bit prepared. Yeah, Mm, that's really lovely, actually, Rose. And you're right what you said about um, not putting too much responsibility um, on the elder child, because I was doing it 
when, when we were doing the preschool drop-off and I was saying to Luna, now Luna, you will look after Kit today, won't you? Because you're the big girl. And Luna was sort of looking at me like, I just want to have a nice time with my friends. I'm not here to babysit mm. Kit. That, and, and actually the preschool teachers went, maybe don't say it all the time. And I, I didn't even realise I was sort of like giving her a job, but actually it was putting pressure on her, I think. Yeah. They were saying she was with him all day trying to look after him. And I was like, oh God, I didn't want that. so sweet so sweet i mean some children like the responsibility so use kind of what that is getting them involved when you know kind of changing and all those things some kids like that but you know it's just being mindful not to put the pressure on and actually just on top of what rose said the other thing is when you've got visitors the tendency is to go like look at the new baby just respecting the other child was here first yeah and being like because you know they don't want to for the, some children it feels like their world is being ripped upside down and everyone that they love and know and everything they've known is being taken away from them and adding someone into that is quite a lot I think we sometimes feel like it as well do you know when you know like your best friend makes a new friend and be like oh I met this great person at work and you're like uh excuse yeah, sorry, me what? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah exactly um so just kind of being mindful of that yeah that makes sense oh I used to do that for ages with George when she used to say that she'd made all these new mates at school and I'd be like oh really <laughs> she'd be like it's okay yeah. sir. it's like oh Oh my God, I'm a child. Um, Okay, next one. My nearly two-year-old is hitting out at other children when playing. How to cope with this? Okay. I mean, again, this could be, uh, you know, an age thing, the testing twos type thing. So often hitting is a way of either getting attention or it's curiosity. So they're like kind of curious to what will happen when they hit which is kind of another form of um, attention. So it's just about modelling the behaviour that you would like to see, not necessarily swooping in and being like, we don't hit. Of course we don't hit, but explaining that we use kind hands and giving a bit of leeway with them if it happens and being like, oh, remember, you know, our hands are for being kind. We mustn't hit with them because otherwise people get upset and yada, yada, yada. And then kind of moving it up if it is like a persistent thing you know, kind of going into a situation where, you know, being a bit more sterner with them, getting down to their level, talking to them about it. Mm. But the best thing to do with any form of a child that's kind of lashing out like that is to tell them that you hear them, you hear they're frustrated if it's a situation where it's frustration involved or they're upset, but then remodeling the behavior you were like, being like, look, we we use gentle hands because gentle hands are nice. And, you know, sometimes literally getting a hand and stroking their hand and stroking your face um and kind of putting in that groundwork to be like okay when we've made a mistake it's not being like when we've been naughty or hit someone because we all make mistakes all we need to be like is I'm sorry so put it as a mistake mistakes are completely fine we love mistakes yeah uh, but they happen and it's just about recognizing that and getting children to realize that instead of being like we don't do that it's naughty we've all we all we all do it do you know what I mean yeah yeah, yeah, totally. Um, I, I actually turned up to um, Kit's new preschool yesterday and they said, we've had a bit of an incident. And oh God, I thought, oh shit, here we go. And then um, she said, um, yeah, Kit punched three boys. <laughs> I was like, three <laughs> boys? What? That sounds like a ball. And then, and they were like, and, and, and like, it's not, I mean, we're, we're sort of giggling, but I was like, oh God, is everyone yeah, okay? Is it? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. you know, obviously I took it seriously. You feel mortified, was, don't you, when something like that yeah but but then kit was like but the boy hit me first and I was like okay well like what I mean I said oh kit we don't use we don't use office and we use kind hands and we mustn't hit everybody and I said look is it dealt with now and they said we've dealt with it and I was like okay when he comes in tomorrow let's let's just forget about it but it it, it is difficult isn't it to know what to say in that moment because he's not the sort of person to get his fists out and 
you know yeah I think that's difficult like and we've all had it in nursery and it happens at school and I think a way to like say to your, your child about that is being like if that happens to you somebody hits you first mm. of all your first port of action is to be like no thank you stop like teaching them to be like I didn't consent for you to do that and we right. can do that as young as any age and then being like do you know what Kit if they if they do that it's not your worry you go and tell your grown-up that yes. is what they're there for they're there to help you you go and tell them and it's that's a difference between we don't we don't ask about so we don't want our kids to be a grass who am I uh you don't want your to <laughs> be like it, little tail. snitches end up end with stitches or little stitches um but like but giving them that like um power to yep. go to an adult and be like they're there to help you yeah. instead. Yeah. Because I know, like, deep down, obviously, Zoe, in that point, in that situation, if someone's hit your child and he's hit them back, you're like, yeah, too right. Because we, we're we such a generation of that, if some, my dad was the same with me, if somebody hits you, you hit them back twice as hard. Mm, and so no. it's kind of in us. And actually, we need to move, we do need to move away from that yeah, because that's agreed. what creates it. So actually being like, there are people here to help you when you're feeling like that. Yeah. yeah. Okay, brilliant. Um, this is one that comes up time and time again, and I don't think we've ever really got to the bottom of it. So let's have a go. Um, this is from Katie, early riser, 5.20 on the dot every morning and tried everything. Two years old. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, bless her. <laughs> no one wants on, to Rose. answer. Go on, Rose. <laughs> no, Do you know why I don't want to answer? It's It's not because... It is so, it's not because I don't have answers. It's it's because it's so, so A, child dependent, B, it's, it's really difficult when you feel like you've tried everything and nothing works. I think yeah. the your first port of call is, is so irritating to say, but assessing whether or not they're overtired or undertired. Um, and that's going to be looking about where your naps are, if they are still having naps, um, where your naps are in relation to bedtime. And if they are in looking at the overall sleep that they're getting, it might be that your child likes a little bit less sleep than other children. And therefore, the early rising is because they've actually filled up their sleep cup and they're like, actually, I'm, I'm fine and I'm ready to go. In which case, you're going to want to to have a look at what your reaction is to them when they wake up and finding a consistent approach that works for you. You know, if you're giving food at that time, then, you know, your digestive system is going to start, they're going to expect that. So they're going to wake up for that. And so I think, you know, what I would say is have an overall look at the whole your whole routine and your whole schedule and see if you can see any obvious um, gaping kind of, you know, that actually, do you know what? Sometimes we do let him sleep or her sleep a little bit later. Um, and so therefore, maybe we need to bring it back a bit in earlier in the day mm -hmm. um, or actually is he just or she really just struggling to get to bedtime and therefore is um, that's impacting um, the early rising I know it sounds and it feels funny that uh, daytime sleep affects um, oh, it does early yeah. rising but it, mm. it really does it's like um, a formula yeah, isn't absolutely. it <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Um, so if they wake up at, say, like five o'clock, what's the best thing to do? Is it like to ignore them? Like, 
you know, or keep going in like you might do at night if you were sleep training, like it's still the night time, go back to bed and keep, is, is that the best thing to do? It's very child dependent. Again, as Rose said, some children you go in and that's it. Like they're literally like, it's the morning sun and they're, they're up. So some children, it's kind of like best best to leave them. Um, and other children go in and pretend it's like nighttime. If they are a bit older and you're using methods like the grow clock or, or different things are. to signal yeah. when waking up, just pull it back as, as much as it might be a bit painful to be like, it's five to six, be like, oh, actually, this is the time you're meant to get up. Well done. And then you eke it back if that makes se- right. sense. So like setting them up to win and then you can mod- moderate the time when they're happy because half the time when they wake up, you know, from that like kind of two and a half period older is that they just want to get up and see you or like want to get up and play. But if you're setting them up to win by like changing the timings, that will really help. So kind of d- judging it on what your child's like to what you do, um, you know, anything past six we kind of see as a win. I know some children sleep in much later, but as Rose says, just kind of assessing everything. And I know it's, as as she said at the start, it feels very annoying to be like, we've tried everything. There is so much you can try. And I know when you're in it, you just feel like it's completely gone and nothing's working. It's all consuming, yeah. yeah. You know, sometimes it's actually not even what we're doing. Sometimes it is that, um, you've got to also assess the environment that they're in. Is the room very overstimulating? Is there light being let in in any way, shape or form? Is there something that happens outside at that particular time that then wakes them up and jolts them yeah, away? Are they, they hungry? They are they cold? Yeah. 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 And, and actually, that you know, when you've got at that time, it's actually usually coldest at, at around that time, isn't it? And, mm. and um, they, they've they've lost so much of that sleep pressure that that need to sleep because they've had enough of their deep sleep that now we're into territory of um you know waking up and feeling like they've had enough so yeah, yeah. exactly what um chris said about going in um you know if you've got if you're very um i i, I would personally say that if if you deal with nighttime waking um, and you have a consistent approach for that, then I would be using that consistent approach for that time as well, keeping it very calm, keeping your voice very low, and doing the same thing over and over again, and trying really hard to, you know, to to stick to that. I I know it's I, I that's such an irritating thing to say. No, 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 it's not. No. It's really helpful. You know, it's it, really yeah. really helpful. And 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 also um, to the person that sent that message in, I'm going to be honest with you. I completely get where you're at because I have consistently had a between five and five thirty riser in Luna since the day that she was born, and it's been going on for five years. And it's only in the last, I would say, month or so that she now understands the grow clock properly. And if she comes in before, I just take away her toys. I, I haven't documented this on social media, but I just take away, <laughs> I just take away all of the precious things, <laughs> hide them in a cupboard, and if she does not wait for her clock, I just consistently do it. But this is the point that I'm at now, and I know you're probably going, "That's the worst thing that you can do," because I'm basically traumatizing her. But she wakes up. I I know she's awake, and I say to her, "You can turn your light on. You can play with your Barbie house. You can do whatever, but you do not come in until six twenty. Until that clock six twenty. I'm not asking her to stay in her bedroom till seven. She now gets it. But it has been a tap on the shoulder or a poke in the face for the last five years." And 
it, oh, it, it really me. can get it, it can start to drive you of mad course. so yeah, I'm at that point now where I'm like if you do not do that a toy will go I always give the toys back you know when she waits but that's where we're at at the moment and it's do you know what so though, that's that's a consequence that she's old yeah. enough now to understand yeah. the consequence yeah, um, yeah. I don't I, you're not you're not traumatizing her no I think that's her. completely okay. fine okay alright yeah. no so I do this I was going to say I do, do the you? same with Axel he went for a phase like a couple of weeks ago where he kept coming downstairs at like 10 p.m it was so weird and I so I'd literally I said I'll take away your football cards and it, and you can have them back if you don't come back if you don't come downstairs yeah. and it worked <laughs> literally worked and it works like, yeah brilliant are you still downstairs at 10 o'clock I'm asleep by like 8 30 so <laughs> yeah, I, I, don't say, myself. In, I don't have kids and I'm in bed by 10 <laughs> no to Jesus. be fair I am usually asleep by 10 but some on the evenings James goes out I wait for him to come like to come back and it's always when it's always when James is out he would never do it when James is here no, he just knows I'm the pushover anyway not anymore <laughs> love that <laughs> Why won't my 25-month-old poo on the potty at home? She is totally fine at nursery. That's from Shauna. I would say if they're not pooing at home like that, but they're fine at nursery, it could be linked to maybe a behaviour thing, um, like and wanting to get control over a situation or something at home. So as we know, like with potty training and, you know, eating, you know, when children refuse to eat and stuff, sometimes it becomes, it could be to do with their taste buds or their taste buds are changing, but some most of the time more often than not it can be that they're trying to control a situation and you can control when children if they if they're clever enough and all every child out there is clever and smart enough from the moment they are born just to warn you parents <laughs> just so you know um they it could be a control a, a control thing so wanting to get something i think putting in those things like we all do. And I mean, I know um, Georgia and Zoe, we, we've gone over this with you guys loads and loads, but like kind of incentivizing at home or kind of whatever interests they, they've got to like kind of help and encourage them, asking what they do at nursery that makes it different and stuff and actually having the conversation with them as young as they are about it as well and kind of putting some things in place to try and set them up to win. And once you've done all of that and they're still not doing, then I would look at like kind of what their behavior is like all, all around and see whether actually it's a behavior thing we need to change, less so a toilet habit, if that makes sense. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, potty training great. is a minefield, isn't it? Oh, isn't it just? We've got a whole episode on potty training, so if you do need any advice in that area, go back and have a little listen. It's brilliant. We'll be right back after this short break. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. 
Only at Sleep Number Stores or SleepNumber.com. Welcome back to this episode of Made by Mamas. Now, where were we? Right, George, next question. So this is from Gail. Um, tips for nursery settling with a 13-month covid baby attached to me like glue i think we hear this a lot at the moment yeah Yeah, absolutely oh gosh i mean not only is that the kind of like one of the prime ages for attachment anyway isn't it rose like Mm -hmm. having covid as well there there are lots of kind of little things that you can do making them feel comfortable so if they sleep at nursery i know this sounds like a bit of a weird thing but packing the sheet that they slept in that night to go with them to nursery, you know, like their cot um, sheet and their own grow bag from home can be a really helpful thing because then it's kind of a smell and reminders at home that make them feel comfortable. Obviously a comforter, but the key thing is to keep whatever drop-off routine you've got consistent as possible. So it's, I, I don't know now, I think lots of nurseries are actually doing lots of handovers at doors and not many parents are going in or they yeah. might have eased that up. But just being like, you know, mummy loves you, goodbye, kiss, hand them over if they are really really upset and distraught the whole you know for an hour that your childcare setting will call you and let you know what's going on they would never leave it so I think taking things from home that are uh, that kind of smell of home and uh, a key to making them feel comfortable any comforters they're caught and um, keeping the drop-off routine consistent and reminding it and it's horrible as it is don't look back because yeah. that is, and that is hard. I mean, I've been on the other side of that working in nurseries and been at any settings. I work at school now and it happens sometimes, you know, like it is difficult, but that is the one thing that will that will help them as well um, to make them feel more comfortable. So great, brilliant advice. Um, this is from Jo, who is a regular Made by Mamas listener and she always yeah. sends in great questions. And actually I can relate to this one as well. My two-year-old doesn't want most of the meals that I give her. <laughs> only wants snacks in front of the celly that's because my cooking is terrible but Joe's cooking amazing and we eat together every night but I'm concerned the first thing I mean food is a big one isn't it because I think the the main panic I think we all have is if they don't eat then we feel like in some way we failed and that oh my goodness you know something terrible is going to happen to them um obviously because if they don't eat but but I think First, first, what I would do, I would look at the overall food intake. If you're really worried that they've had a very small meal and they're really not eating anything, have a quick look at your whole day um, and perhaps write it down so that you can actually understand how much food they really are having. Having a look at the snacks, the amount of snacks that they're having um, and how close they are um, to meal times. Um, the other thing is, is that quite often, um, you know, we have obviously want to have water accessible um, to children at all times, but sometimes it can impact um, on appetite levels just before a mealtime. So I would be looking um, for them not to have a huge drink whilst uh, they're having a bit of trouble, um, you know, with how much they're eating or how much they're perhaps refusing to eat um, by not having um, big drinks at least an hour before a mealtime so that um, they are it's the water is not masking um how hungry they are and they're not filling themselves up again that's the same with water at a table um during the meal i mean i i'm reluctant to uh to suggest not having water at the table um but just monitoring how much they're drinking during the meal as well can, can be helpful um i think lower pressure 
it's really small portions yeah um, manageable portions something that's really not overwhelming ways isn't it mm-hmm. yeah you can always always give more um but i think also looking at the types of meals that you're giving sometimes i've been um able to um kind of uh i found that helping you know helping fussy eaters by um making things a bit more um so that you have perhaps a bowl on the table that has and they're able to um spoon some in sometimes they they like that gratifying I've put it in my bowl and therefore it becomes more exciting to eat sounds silly um, but it's you know and things like sprinkling their own cheese so they're having some pasta sprinkling well they're in control of it then pasta. aren't they Rose yeah yeah they're in control uh, of it uh, also we had Manon Lagreve on the podcast um, she, she was amazing but she's she's French and she was just like in France we just do not have snacks she was like, yeah. in England or in, you know, in, in Britain, we're like, we're proper snackers. And, and, and she was like, in France, we just don't do that. We have three meals. So it's interesting because my kids are proper snackers because I am. I'm a grazer. So I would rather have like small little mouthfuls of food throughout the day than like sit down and have a sunken great big meal. And they're exactly the same. But actually, when they do fill up on snacks, they're not interested in a meal either. Yeah. No, exactly. So you yeah. can reduce back snacks and stuff. So, but also, I think that's really important to remember what kind of eater your child is. Yeah. Like, I, I'm not. A breakfast person I never have been some people don't eat a lot of breakfast and you know my mum said I was like that as a child and she yeah. just relaxed about it because she knew at lunchtime I would wolf down a big lunch and eat a big dinner like I, I think it comes back to first of all what Rose started off saying that you feel like a failure when your child hasn't eaten because it's our job to provide and make sure the thing but there's a difference between being fussy and not eating yeah so I think controlling those portions you know I think Zoe you did it for a bit you had like a vegetable of a week you had broccoli like every day you were like so we had like a veg of the week and you just put a bit on the side I'm sure like you I did do, that with I, kids yeah 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 I, I, I do, do that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I do it every day. I mean, I, I, I've got to be honest with you and just break this down for you. But um, And I talked to Georgia about this the whole time. Kit now will not eat any fruit or vegetables. Like We are still there. So the only like, – I, I have to think every single day because I'll put down like – buttered broccoli and buttered carrots and all yeah. the vet like everything fruit she Delicious. has fruit salads luna eats everything kit's just yeah yuck so i have to hide everything in spaghetti bolognese um but obviously i can't make that every day so it's just a <laughs> constant i wake up in the morning yeah. i'm like pack lunches i've got to keep them and I, I you know i open up a little part of his pack lunch and of course there's all the carrots that i've cut up and all the grapes and all the he doesn't he doesn't even like grapes what child doesn't like a grape they're so sweet they taste like sweets yeah they are delicious yeah, that's I, I, difficult I've given up now. I must have thrown away about, I reckon I could have about 50 grand in the bank with fruit and veg that I've chucked <laughs> in the bin over the last Oh, God, four years. it's definitely so like annoying, isn't him, it? <laughs> yeah. Him at school, like, or nursery, like, making sure they're kind of on board but getting him to go. But do you know what, though? That You kind of hit the nail on the head and with, like, you're not like you're, you're, you've given up, but sometimes we just have to take a step back yeah. from them, not give in to them. I'm not saying give in, but just take a step back. Because once, when we start getting heightened about it and panicking so much, you end up finding yourself being like, like as you said, wake up in the morning, dreading about what you're going to cook. And yeah. that. So, you know, so on those evenings, making things a bit easier for yourself, yeah. you know, if they're a bit tired or a bit fu- Is fussy. Is he interested like, in food prep or, at all or, or, or anything? Like, would he like to go to the supermarket and pick something? Or is it just literally a, actually, I've tried all of that and it's, it's not working? 
I mean, he loves it when I open up the oven and put the fish fingers in. He goes, well done, <laughs> mummy. <laughs> the food well preparation done, that went into that. <laughs> no, um, we do we do have a good time at the supermarket. And I do say to him, oh, can you go and get the okay, bananas? Great. And can you see the broccoli? And whoever can see the courgettes first? And great. he'll just say yuck to all of them, but he will <laughs> pass them to me. So no, I, you I know do, what? You're still educating yes, him. And, and, yeah. you're st- and he's still part of that. And it's there's still the expectation. Yes. I, you know, I would just be putting one carrot stick in. Yeah. yeah. If, that, yeah. If, if he has a little nibble on it, great. If he doesn't, yeah. if he does relax, say yuck, maybe. Zoe, if he yeah. does say yuck, do you know what you should say to him? Be like, oh, Kit. Well, and I know he's young, but this sounds really crazy. But honestly, be like, okay, Kit, you don't like it, but other people like it. So we're not going to use the word yuck. That's, that's how Kit feels. Mummy loves them. Yeah. But like, so like, he's not yeah. constantly being like, oh, it's yuck. Because sometimes he might be just be saying it for the sake of yeah. saying it. Right, so actually right. turning that language around and being like, well, mummy loves bananas. So actually, Kit, can you not say that they're yuck? Okay. It's, if you don't like them, that's fine. You can kind of say that to yourself. But we, we're going to enjoy them because we enjoy them. Yeah. Brilliant. So not reprimanding him. Does, does that make sense? Just yeah. totally around. Yeah. 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 I get, do you know what? I get what you're saying about yuck because Gigi loves saying yuck. Like she loves saying yeah. that word. It's like no. Do you know it, the yeah, one kids would learn no? It's a fun <laughs> word to say. But also, Judgy James didn't eat a vegetable till he was about 17. <laughs> oh and he's a pro footballer so it's exactly. all right Kit's got so home. it was all right yeah. it doesn't matter <laughs> this sorry this question properly made me laugh i have to read it my three-year-old has started saying fuck off how do you deal with it <laughs> oh god <gasps> seriously though I, i'm not joking i had this this evening but instead with shit oh, i was hi. playing with lego with him and he dropped something and he was just like oh shit 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 oh Oh, and can can we all admit children swearing is quite funny i know it's it's so funny darling what did you just say and he went i just said shit oh okay and then i was like well do you know what i can make a really big deal out of this and i can get cross and i can say that's a horrible word we never say it you know that is bad but instead I just said do you understand do you know has anyone told you um that that's not a very kind thing to say uh, it's not a very kind word to use um and he was like oh no 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 I do, and I was like where did you hear it and he was just like oh at school and I thought to myself oh my god he barely heard it from me and then <laughs> do you know what he said to me I said um uh he said can I say sugar instead and yeah. I was like yeah, of course he can. He was like, that's what you say, isn't it? And I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> I think, yeah, just either not making a big deal out of it yeah. or, as Rose has said, being like, do you, do you know that that's an unkind? Because half the time they don't know it's unkind. So it's assessing the situation. Is it worth bringing it up, what, it, what they're saying? Then actually, if it is being like, do you actually know what it means? Actually, it's quite an unkind word. Yes. And actually, if they're a bit older, um, you know, what I did kind of before I left my um, nanny job with the girls was they were starting to hear words and stuff. And I said to them, if you ever hear a word and you think, actually, I don't think that's a kind word. Do you know what you can do? You come and tell me and I'll tell you whether it's a, it's a word we say or not. Because that way you haven't said it and used it in the wrong way. And then I'll tell you whether we can use it or not. Mm. And actually giving them the power when they're a bit older to be like, okay, because they're going to say these things. And actually it's you respecting them, hearing that, you know, these things happen and go on. I mean, it's better than, you know, I think my parents would be like, my mum literally would say things like, 
shit and that all the time and we'd look at her and she's like that's an adult word and we'd <laughs> yes, just be like adults. yes mum <laughs> <laughs> I remember when I was driving with Gigi and Axel in the car and he went to me do you know what um I call Gigi and I was like no what do you call Gigi oh, and he God. went fucking Gigi and I went oh <laughs> do, I, do you do you call you call that why do you call Gigi that and he went that's what me and daddy call her and I went, <laughs> oh, right, oh my okay, what, that's, that's not very kind. And now I swear, like, it's the opposite. Like the other day he went, someone at school said a really bad word. And I was like, oh my goodness, what did they say? And he oh, went, yeah. they called someone an idiot, idiot. And I was like, <laughs> and this is that like is so six sweet. months later and it's just completely flipped on its head so it was, I just it was don't the teacher to the assistant teacher yeah. yeah yeah they don't yeah they don't they don't and also I think when they start going to school they start to become much more aware of like there's like a behavioral system at Luna school yeah. where she gets you know she would move from like the sun to like the thundercloud if she did anything naughty mm. so they're like really aware of it so it's good um one more I think we should finish on this one Kirsty tips on how to get a toddler to brush their teeth please oh my gosh well very um we are going to be doing some stuff on this and expect the best in November so look out for that but it is a battle that we <laughs> hear quite a lot about um and I think first of all look look at the situation like how it's actually quite threatening when there's an adult with a giant hand coming towards your face with a toothbrush yeah. to like go in your mouth. So first think of that. So give, try and give them control. Do it where they feel comfortable. You know, from a young age, start as, as you can. But if you kind of got to this point when they're a bit like two and that, let them do it in the bath, kind of whatever. It's sometimes changing the, the place. Yeah, the place is the big thing. Brushing your teeth with them, but just kind of putting yourself in their shoes with this situation, I always think, because I'm like, actually, it looks a bit threatening, like someone trying to come into your mouth with like a toothbrush. Yep. It's a bit scary. So changing the place, making it fun, make up a song, kind mm. of all of those different things can be really good. Or changing when you do it in the day. Do you know what I mean? So like if you do have like kind of like a downstairs in your house, like keep toothbrushes downstairs That's or they really can do it in the tip. kitchen sink. Yeah, that is Like actually... just changing at what point you do it in the day. To be honest with you, I know obviously we're supposed to do it after food and stuff and they will get there. But when they're young, if they do it, who cares when they do it, right? Let's just relax about yeah. it a bit more. Yeah. If yeah. they do it, let, let's get them to do it. But it's a practice run I, I mean, run I don't know anyway, if you agree, Rose. It? It's a practice, yeah. yeah. Yes, <laughs> it's a practice run. Do you know what? I had that and, and I had that with the youngest that I look after and sometimes he would brush his teeth for, you know, five seconds and I'd be like, wow, that's amazing. Well done. Off you go. And And now he loves brushing his teeth. So honestly, sometimes it's okay to just be like, do you know what? I've brushed them for Thank a little bit. We've won. Uh, he, it's gone in the mouth. And yeah, I'm sure some toothpaste has been swirled about. I mean, I'm not a dentist, but <laughs> it'll do. It sounds good. It'll do. Listen, guys, thank you so, so much for coming back on. It's been absolutely wonderful. We barely, barely scratched the surface with the amount of um, questions that we had. So we're really sorry if we didn't get to your question to today. But um, we will endeavour to do another one of these because I feel like these should be a regular occurrence. People yeah, need to. We'd love to come on regularly. That would be fun. We would love that. And if everyone could hound Chris and Rose on their dms to make sure that they come back maybe monthly that would be fantastic <laughs> we need a lot of persuading guys yeah. <laughs> we don't at all come back soon thank you so much chris and rose thank you, thank you. Bye. Bye. 
Chris and Rose are just ultimately the best human beings ever, oh, aren't they? I always feel so much better after I speak to them. You know, like all these little worries that you have about brushing teeth and making yeah. sure they brush their teeth in the morning and the evening and then they just come on and go, well, it doesn't really matter when they brush their teeth. They could brush their teeth at two o'clock in the afternoon as long as yeah. they're doing it and you think, yeah. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But also, how funny was it when Chris was like, it's pretty scary when a massive hand with a toothbrush comes right in your face and it's like, and that's what I've been doing to Kit. Open up quickly. Put your teeth together. And he's like, oh, and now I've stopped doing it since we recorded that podcast. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my God, don't. (laughs) They're just the best, aren't they? Um, But we need to talk about products because we've promised that we would. We'll we'll stick to doing it every Friday. I'm really enjoying it, to be fair. I'm going to kick us off. I'm going to talk about Never Fully Dressed, which is a brand that we've had. spoken about lots we love all of their like all of their designs are amazing oh. we've had lucy who's the founder she's been on the podcast before but they have released a charity tea for mental health awareness day which is i think it's is it sunday the i want to say it's sunday the 10th of yes, october it is um and it's a really beautiful um t-shirt five pounds of it will go to mind charity so something that's really close to our heart so definitely definitely check it out it just yeah. looks great with everything as well yeah it's really nice and it's just it's good to know that when you're buying it you're supporting like a really good great cause yeah. um so from t-shirts to soft play parties <laughs> <laughs> seamlessly um uh, yeah exactly in the summer we had a little party for Gigi in the garden and we actually used this company Ramble Kids and they are basically come with like all of the soft play stuff that you need like a ball pond like stuff for them to climb on and it's all obviously really clean it looks really nice and they can they can sort of tailor it to how much space you've got so we had it in the garden so we managed to have quite a bit but if you know it's winter now maybe you're having a party inside it's just it's such a lovely thing and you know what like we didn't have to entertain them at all like that was the entertainment they just played played and you know they're safe so I'd really recommend them Um, the team are really professional they come and clean it you know all down take it all away perfect for love it yeah okay I'm going to talk about um, a new product that I've just started using I'd say I've been using it for about six weeks now from Nioxin Uh, Nioxin is a brand that I have been using the shampoo and conditioner for a while and their sort of anti-breakage range because obviously after the kids and uh, you know the early menopause stuff a lot of my hair fell out and broke um but they have just launched their 3d intensive deep protect density mask so i've basically been using it um as like a treatment i've been you you can leave it on for like three to five minutes but you can also do what i've been doing which is leaving it on for like an hour Um, and i've just noticed that my hair just feels just a lot less dry basically oh that's my whole mission in life is to sort the ends the like the bottom half of my hair just feels so dry and so brittle Mm. um but i've had some really good results with it so yeah, oh, I might give it a try. Yeah, yeah James, James has been using Nioxin for quite a few oh, you, years. Oh, you don't really need it, Rapunzel. Jesus. <laughs> you can always have more hair. <laughs> and just to finish off, like some small business love. Like we do love supporting small businesses. Um, and so I just wanted to, to mention two that I've been shopping from for ages. So one is Boutique Benita, actually started by a friend of mine and her mum. They do lots of different hats that you can get personalised, like fans. So if you're, you know, if your friends 
friends getting married, they do like a fan that says bride on it. They do little baskets for the kids. Oh, and so it's cute. just, and also like literally that it's just the two of them. They're sold, mm. they're stocked in Selfridges now and Harrods. It's, it's, it's actually incredible. Um, so yeah, definitely check them out. And then also another one, Betsy and Floss, again, started by somebody that I know. Um, and they're like personalized little card holders, handbags. You might've seen um, me wear one of the bags and they're like a decent price point. So mm. I think the card holders are like 20 pounds, maybe something Brilliant. like that. Brilliant. So it's affordable and it makes a nice gift. So yeah, just wanted to finish up by supporting a couple of small businesses. So yeah, products done for this week. Before we go though, um, we just wanted to say massive thank you for leaving all of your lovely reviews. Yeah. Uh, just like Charlotte has, I'm going to read one out. An absolute must listen to any mum or mum to be. Love how no topic is off limits. And for both of your honesty around motherhood, amazing advice by experts and great product tips too. I think you're both brilliant. That is oh, so lovely. That literally uh, encapsulates everything we want to be. So thank you so much for that. Yeah, you can leave one as well. Um, you can rate review as I said um, subscribe and follow the podcast too that would be fantastic yeah and obviously the Q&A episodes are for you guys so if you have any topics that you'd like us to cover or any burning questions that we might be able to find an expert to answer then please do drop us a DM we're on at Made by Mummers and we'll be back on Tuesday Made by Mummers is an insanity podcast production and today's episode was produced by the lovely Charlotte Mason Insanity Group Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.,